Dome Zone Nation, welcome back. It's episode 15 of the Dome Zone Podcast. Austin Isler with me, as always, is Mason Nunez. Mason, mathematically, we're still alive. That's kind of the uh, the idea this week. Saints have a shot. It's crazy that we're at this point, but the Saints are still in the hunt for the playoff race. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of everything today. We'll recap the Browns game. We'll look ahead to Philadelphia. Can the Saints shock the world against the Eagles this weekend? And then we'll, uh, for the fun of it, we'll play. Uh, we'll play out the playoff scenarios. What needs to happen? We'll give you this, the fans the uh, the rooting guide, um, which games you need to be paying attention to and who you need to be rooting for along the way. So uh, let's get into it, Mason. Uh, how you doing this week? Not too bad at all, man. It's it's always good to talk about a Saints win, no matter how it comes. I mean, I I don't I don't get this team. I really don't understand it. If you'd have told me three four weeks ago we'd be where we are. I, I'd have called your bluff. I really would have. But yeah, and the funny thing too, and we've talked about this a little bit. It's like I don't really know if this team is actually getting better or if they're just doing what they need to do to beat the teams that they're beating. Um, but they're still alive, and you know we'll get into it. There, you know, they come in now with a record of six and nine. You have a chance to get to eight wins, and eight wins might do it for you in the NFC. Now we've talked about for a little bit, the scenarios in which the saints can win the NFC South. What we haven't brought up is that there's actually a chance to get to a wild card spot, which I didn't think was possible. I thought some of those teams in the NFC were going to handle their business, but they haven't. Um, so the saints come into this week with a chance in a couple of different ways. Now, look, you're going to need a lot to happen. And of course you're going to have to win out, but it's still possible um, and you do have a chance. Let's talk about this Browns game first, though. Um, you know, my my number one you know line that I have about this game is that the Saints didn't quit, um, and there were a couple opportunities for them too. Uh, you were in an extremely cold weather game, a little snow on the field, and everything else going on in Cleveland. Um, but the Saints team responded, and you know what? I have to give Dennis Allen some credit for that because this team played hard, and they dug themselves out of a little bit of a hole, and they got an impressive road win against you know not a great Browns team, but. Had a lot going against you with the weather and everything else. So uh, I give them credit for that. Yeah, you know, as much as I hate to say it, and, you know, as much as I've bashed Dennis Allen this year, the team pulled it together this past weekend, and it seemed like they were playing They were playing hard for him. And, you know, post-game, the locker room, it was a great scene. Uh, Mickey Loomis showed up. You know, everybody was in high spirit. So it, it was a good thing to see. And like you said, I, I'll give Dennis Allen props for that. He had the team ready to play. And – they, like I said, they didn't give up. I mean, there was a lot of points of that game where I, I was ready to turn the TV off and call it a wrap, but they held it together and pulled out a win. So let's talk about what you did offensively. And Taysom Hill, you know, look, early on in this game, we were talking about it back and forth, how unbelievable it was that they weren't getting him involved early on. Uh, they finally start going to him. And, of course, you have success. I mean, we, we saw that coming from a mile away. This was going to be a Taysom game. We said it all week. Um, now, I saw Pete Carmichael was actually asked about this earlier today. And I think he said something along the lines of, yeah, we were, you know, waiting to see kind of how the Browns were going to adjust and line up. So then we got him involved later on. I, I don't know if I buy that just because it was so obvious that the Browns were not going to have, you know, we're going to struggle to defend Taysom Hill. And yet you took like a quarter and a half to get it going. Um, but overall, he was your X factor, and he kind of got you back into this game. And he and Camara with a little two man game kind of carried you through. Yeah, well, I I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. This whole Pete Carmichael, you know, playing chess not checkers type thing that him and Dennis Allen have been kind of going on about all season. It seems like 
I just don't buy it. I mean, what you're you're wasting early game possessions when you could be putting points on the board. Utilize Taysom Hill, and I think that's got to be the mo going forward. Taysom Hill needs at least ten touches a game. That that's what I think is it's got to be the minimum. I mean, whenever he has the ball in his hands, it seems like this offense is just in a better shape. Even if he's not running the ball, if he's not, even if he's just out there, this offense seems to be more productive. Yeah, I fully agree with the 10 touches thing. I mean, and, and I think, you know, there was an argument to be had for that game where you just line up with Taysom, just play Taysom at quarterback. What does it matter? You know, it's not like Dalton was able to do some things, and that's not his fault. You had a horrible weather game. You have a bunch of receivers out. Um, so I felt like just just let Taysom run the offense. Yeah, you'll still throw the ball, but you're not going to throw it much anyway. Saints throw for 92 yards in this game. So either way, uh, let's go by the numbers here. There's not much to talk about. It was a very evenly played game on both sides. Again, when you're dealing with these types of elements as far as the weather and things like that, um, that's going to be the case oftentimes. Browns actually had you in yardage by 5, 249, 244. Uh, Saints ran for 152 to just 124 for Cleveland. I thought that was kind of the story of this game defensively for the Saints. We talked about how much we were worried about Nick Chubb in that running game, and the Saints actually did a really good job um, against them, just averaging 3.7 yards per play overall for the Browns. A um, couple more big ones. Saints did not allow a sack, and they were able to get to Deshaun Watson twice. Um, only two penalties for 15 yards. I think that's notable because we saw the Saints team struggle with that early in the season. That's something that's gotten a little better. Um, but, you know, time possession was pretty close. Both teams had one turnover. You know, you, you can't really turn to anything other than the Saints were able to to get the ball into the end zone one more time. You know, it, sometimes it's as simple as that. And games like this do get simplified. I think that's the, the, the funny thing about some of these really bad weather games is that it goes back to like the, the origins of football, right? Can you line up, push your guys out of the way and run the football? And who can do that better? And, you know, it wasn't by a large margin, but the Saints did that a little bit better on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's simple. Sometimes you just have to get back to the basics, and I thought that's exactly what they did. And like you brought up, I was I was really concerned with this Browns rushing offense, and I felt like the defense really held their own. I mean, anytime you hold a team like that with Nick Chubb, who's considered by many, you know, top three running back in the league, if not number one pure runner. So the defense played great, and I mean – not just this game, I think moving forward, this defense is looking like it's starting to come alive. I mean, I don't know about you, but they're they're looking like they're pulling it together, and this would be a great time, as any, that you're going to do that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think the defense is kind of the – it's been the, the story of this, you know, quote-unquote resurgence. Of course, you know, it's not like the Saints have rattled off seven or eight wins in a row, but you have won your last two games, and, and how about this, going back all the way to, you know – the Baltimore game on November the 7th. You haven't given up more than 20 points in a game since then. 20 to Pittsburgh, 20 to Los Angeles, and then just 13 to San Francisco, 17 to Tampa, 18 to Atlanta, and 10 to Cleveland. So that's six straight games of allowing 20 or less and four straight of, of allowing less than 20. That's where we thought this team was going to be. You know, That's where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, and I think it's a great sign that they were able to bring it together. You know, We're talking about guys that we've been critical of this season. i got to give a shout-out to Tyron Matthew. I felt like he started to fly around the field a little bit. You know, he hasn't been making huge impact plays, but he's been much better. He's been making tackles in the open field. Um, and again, I go back to this group didn't quit, and, I, and I'm proud of this group for that, you know, and, and that's something that, hey, you were sitting at 4-9, and nine and the odds were stacked against you. I mean, you, you blew the game to Tampa, and it felt like they could have packed it in, and they haven't. They came off the bye week with an inspired effort. They've won two straight games, and you know what? Now you have a chance, so... 
you know, wrapping up the uh, the Cleveland game, and now we'll we'll move forward to some of these playoff scenarios. So, you know, we titled last week's podcast "Let's Get Weird." We wanted to talk about how you had a chance, um, and here you are. So, I, I kind of went through the playoff machine as I promised I would, Mason, and I, and I've come up with some, some playoff scenarios. Now, obviously, all of these are contingent on the Saints winning out. Um, if you lose a game here. Uh, you, I believe you are pretty much eliminated. There might still be some wild scenarios with some tiebreakers that could get you in, but um, I'm pretty sure you need to win out regardless. So the main things to watch out for if you're a Saints fan, the two teams you need to root against the hardest is Tampa, of course, because you still have a chance to win the division. Since you play Carolina head-to-head, if you win out and Tampa loses out, you will win the South. So that one's pretty straightforward. Um, the, the other team you need to really pay attention to is the commanders. So Washington needs to lose out because they have a tie. Uh, the scenario is basically you need Washington to lose out and that opens up the last wild card spot. If Washington loses out, you have some options. There are a couple of teams that are in the same, you know, scenario as you. So Seattle, Green Bay, and Detroit would all have to lose one more game for the saints then to win out and jump into a tie with them. Um, you have a pretty good chance, basically, if all those teams lose one more game of getting in. Um, now, there's a couple of head-to-head situations that get a little bit interesting. The three-way tiebreaker things are the most you know, notable. So, basically, the Rams need to beat Seattle to really help you out in a lot of tiebreaker situations. The three-way tiebreakers get really messy, and I'm not going to go too far into trying to explain how that works, but essentially... A Rams win over Seattle helps you, and you would win any sort of three-way tiebreaker that included Seattle, Green Bay, and Detroit, even four-way tiebreaker, as long as Seattle loses to the Rams. If Seattle beats the Rams and loses their other game, you start to lose some of those three-way tiebreakers to Seattle, even though you have the head-to-head win because you're bringing other teams in. So with all that being said, um, there's some key games that you need to watch out for. Again, you need the commanders to lose out or the Bucks to lose out, preferably both. That opens up a few more options for you. And then from there, you're really rooting for the Rams to beat Seattle in the final game of the season. That one's going to be next week. But while you're at it, go ahead and root against the Seahawks, against the Packers, and against the Lions. Now, the Packers and Lions play each other in the last game of the season, so whoever you'd like them to both lose the week before. But if one of them wins, then you need the other to beat them in that game. Simple enough, right, Mason? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if simple is the word I'll use for that, but <laughs> so basically what we're going to do is we're going to have to title this episode as Let's Get Weirder. That, that's what yeah. it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, the, the, the scenario I find the funniest, though, is the NFC East situation. So we need Washington to lose out, and they play the Cowboys last game of the season. The Cowboys are still trying to vie for that number one seed in the NFC. So right. if the Saints do somehow upset Philly this week, that would give Philly a little extra motivation. I mean, Dallas a little extra motivation to go in there and just clobber the commanders and possibly steal that one seed. So th- that seems like the most realistic scenario, hopefully. I don't know well, if that's the word I'll use. <laughs> and there's a few other things to kind of keep in mind here. One of those, the Cowboys do play tonight. So we're not going to have, you know, we're not going to know that. But they're 13 and a half point favorites. They're playing the Titans, who are, I believe, on a third string quarterback. Um, you would expect Dallas to hold serve and win that game. Then if you're able to beat Philadelphia, which of course all of this is contingent on the Saints still winning, you actually help out Dallas by keeping them in the race for the NFC East and then allowing them to have more motivation to continue winning. So things can start to kind of fall into place. I don't ever, I'm not ever really a fan of rooting for the Cowboys, but if you're a Saints fan tonight, 
there's a scenario in which you're kind of rooting for the Cowboys. Now, the reason it's kind of double edged, right? The reason you'd maybe root against Dallas is because if Dallas loses, Philly's more maybe more confident about the division race and maybe more inclined to rest some players. I don't think that's going to be the case, though, because Philly still has to fend off Minnesota for the one seed, which, of course, is so important with that buy. So I think you're going to get Philly's best effort. Um, and plain and simple, you're going to have to beat the Eagles. Um, now, the of course, the news is Jalen Hurts, whether he's going to play or not. He did return to practice today. It's certainly looking uncertain, though. I wouldn't say it's he's a guarantee to go. Um, I would consider an advantage for him to be out. I would much rather face Gardner Minshew than face Jalen Hurts. Now, Gardner Minshew looked pretty good um, last week, and he's a guy who uh, I'm sure is going to be thrown into some offseason rumors for the quarterback situation uh, maybe in New Orleans, certainly somewhere else. Um, but I would certainly rather face a Gardner Minshew-led Eagles team. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So to recap got kind of your playoff scenarios here, you're rooting against Tampa. You're rooting against Washington. You also are rooting against Seattle, Green Bay, and Detroit. That Seattle game against the Rams matters a lot in, in the last week of the season. And, of course, you're rooting for the Saints to win out. Um, that's That's kind of how it is. So those are your most important games. Let's talk about this Philly game. You know, look, Philadelphia to me is is the best team in the NFL right now. I, I would put them, in, in my opinion, I'd put them over Kansas City, Buffalo, certainly Minnesota. Um, and for me, it's their ability to run the football in a variety of different ways. Jalen Hurts is so dynamic. Their pass-catching group, I mean, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, two clear-cut number one guys in the same offense defensively they do a ton of great things cj gardner johnson among others uh we've seen what he's been able to do this this season um but of course they've got some other guys when he's been out they've been able to kind of do a lot of things without jalen hurts they're a different team though they're not quite as dominant they're not quite as dynamic on the offensive side and i think with the saints playing so well defensively you do have a shot here the other funny thing is for so long, the Saints were kind of a team that struggled in cold weather, and we were kind of scared to go into these cold weather situations. As of late, that's not the case anymore. Um, the Saints, I believe, have won three of their last four when the temperatures were super low. You're going to go into Philly. We'll see what the weather is looking like uh, You know, as we get closer to the game. I'm sure it's going to be cold. Um, but this could be really a game where you can kind of maybe grind things out, run the football, and, and try to beat a team that's on paper a lot better than you. What are your initial thoughts of this one? Well, just to start it off, in a weird way, this this would be the game the Saints win. It would be it would be a Saints win. <clears throat> but like you say, it's all contingent on Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts is just he's a weapon. That's plain and simple. He does so much with the football, not just in the passing game. He's just he's an electric athlete. And, you know, without him there, like you said, Minshew's not a bad quarterback. I still believe Minshew deserves a chance. I mean, I think he gets overlooked a lot, but I would feel a whole lot better about our chances facing Gardner Minshew rather than Jalen Hurts. Um, that run game did not look, and this may be because of Jalen Hurts, but they just didn't look as efficient this past week against the Cowboys. And, you know, that's that's saying something because the Cowboys do have a good defense, but they have been gashed by the run all year. Now, that could be strictly because Jalen Hurts was out or whatnot, but the Saints defense will have to step it up, and we're going to need another performance like we had this past week against Cleveland. If we want to have any hope of winning, regardless of Jalen Hurts playing or not, we have to stop the run game. So absolutely, but but like you said, that that pass catching group, those are elite receivers, and they're, they're going to have their hands full. But it's going to be interesting to see. 
Yeah, and I will give a little update weather-wise. Not as bad as I thought. Actually projected to be in the mid-50s, so you could actually have some pretty decent weather, and the cold might not be really a factor on Sunday. Um, you know, let's go ahead and go into our matchups of the week here. Why not? Um, you know, and I have one that's interesting because we didn't talk about him about last week's game, but I'm still loving the continued development of Rashid Shahid. Um, who'd have thought, right? The Saints number one receiving option in this game against Cleveland at the beginning of the season would be a guy who was not even on anyone's radar, not even on this roster for a long time. Um, but Shahid stepped up. I mean, only four for 41 again, the conditions uh, you know, led to kind of some conservative play on offense, but he was your guy when you needed a big first down, you had to go to him. Olave was out. Of course, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, like the list goes on and the injuries have stacked up, but he was up to the task. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who's his continued development and, you know, is something that you're going to be able to take away from this season, regardless of how it ends. So I think that's a great thing. So my matchup is going to be Rashid Shahid against the Eagles secondary. I want to see what this kid can continue to do. Now, hopefully, the Saints get some guys back and he gets some help and it's not only on him, but I want to see uh, if he can continue to be an impact maker for this team and maybe make some big plays for you, take some pressure off of these guys around him and help the Saints to pull off a big upset. Well, look, before I get into my matchup, I, I just got to continue on with the Shahid talk. I mean, he really, he's been one of the few bright spots of this offense all year. And he, he looked great last week, especially like you said, it was a pretty conservative game, but he was your leading receiver. And, he was considered before this game like, oh, Shahid's just kind of a strictly downfield kind of electric catch type guy. But, I mean, he put in work when he needed to this past week, you know, basically dinking and dunking if need be. So he he's a great player, and hopefully the Saints lock him down and we can look forward to watching him, you know, futuristically. But for this week, matchup of the week, I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints O-line and kind of our rushing offense type deal against that Eagles front seven. I mean, they're, they're ferocious and Jordan Davis is looking like he's going to be back playing this week. And he he's a monster. I mean, rookie in the NFL and he is just, he's a stud. That's really all you can say about him. I mean, he's great against the run. He gets pressure and, you know, that's not counting Fletcher Cox and, you know, Javon Hargrave. They've just, they're loaded on the defense. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the saints O-line and kind of that rushing scheme offense Against the Eagles front seven, we're going to see what they can do. And if, if we want to have a chance of winning, we're going to have to run the ball with Kamara. We're going to have to run the ball with Taysom. I don't want to hear David Johnson's name called again, so I'm not even going to bring him up. But that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, when you talk about the offensive line. We've seen Trevor Penning get you know more and more involved. He's kind of had no choice with some of the injuries. You've kind of been down to some guys, and it's been great to see him get involved as a rookie. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think, you know, a lot of heavy formations try and shorten this game too to kind of take a take a turn from college football when you're talking about when you're playing a team that's really dynamic on offense, you want to keep their offense off the field, right? So that running game is going to be really crucial. The one thing too is I think Taysom's incredibly important in this game because the Saints haven't had a ton of success running the football at a straight up regular offensive formations. Like, I mean, they've had at times, they've gotten Kamara going a little bit. But you, it hasn't been that old school Saints team where, you know, you could run with Ingram and Kamara and whoever was out there was going to have, you know, big holes. So I think you have to have Taysom back there, whether he's a decoy, whether he's the guy running the ball. I think that's a key here. And like you said, yeah, that Eagles front seven, I mean, it's one of the best in the league. It's why they're it's why they've only lost a couple of games this year. Um, and it's why they've been so dominant in addition to what they can do on offense. So I agree with all the points you made. Um, and again, I, I do think it's an uphill battle, but I think this is not a game that you don't have a chance in. Um, it's a game that. 
You know, and, and look, I'll throw something else out there. Let's see some real creativity from Pete Carmichael this week. You know what I mean? It's going to take a big effort from this coaching staff. And they answered the call in some ways against the Browns. I still wasn't super satisfied with some of the way that that game plan, you know, played out. But in the end, it got you a win. And, you know, look, maybe you dial up a trick play or two. You know, maybe you have something down the field. You know, we're still waiting on that, uh, you know, that big play capability from this offense that's kind of not been there in recent weeks. So. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I think you have a decent chance here. Let's go game picks. You, you know, uh, what do you do? You see this team pulling it out. Do you see the Saints staying alive and moving forward with a chance to uh, to somehow make a playoff run? You know, I, I went back and forth on this. I really did. And it, it still really lies on Jalen Hurts' status. I mean, it, it's hard to make a decision right now. But in, you know, the faith of the holidays and, you know, I'm feeling generous with the Saints right now, I'm going to give the Saints a victory. And I think okay. it's going to be a, one of those tough, like you said, grind it out. This is not going to be, you know, a barn burner. I'm taking Saints 17, Eagles 10. I think it's going to be one of those where the defense just, you got to stop them. You got to do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to get a win this week. That's, that's all you can do. If I'm Dennis Allen, I'm Pete Carmichael on that coaching staff. I go in that locker room Sunday morning. Four words. Do whatever it takes. Well, I like the call there. And, you know, and I also kind of went back and forth on this, and I wish I could be with you in picking the Saints to win. But understandable. For me, it's it's just the defense. Like, I think they give a good effort. And, you know, whether it's Hurts or Minshew, I think matters for sure. Um, but I, I see the saints just coming up a little bit short here. I see a 24 to 16 game. Um, also, I just don't think the offense has enough life in it to overcome some adversity that the defense may provide you with. Maybe they can't get a couple of stops early on and you get down. And I just don't like this offense's chances of coming back. You know what I mean? We, we've seen it for a, a while now. Um, I, I do, I think the saints, there's a certain way this game has to play out for the saints to win it. And that's, you get up early and you're able to run the football, control the clock, control the game, maybe make Minshew and or hurts, make some plays to beat you. Um, but if the Eagles go up early and you're trying to play from behind, I don't think the saints have much of a chance here. So I will take 24 to 16 loss. And I think the saints playoff hopes come to an end on Sunday. However, I do hope that I'm wrong. And hopefully we're uh, coming back next week and talking about even more wild playoff scenarios. Well, the only thing I can say, you know, before we before we call this a wrap is we need to we need to see a Taysom Hill masterclass. If I don't see Taysom Hill get three to four touches in the first quarter, I'm flying up to Philly. We're gonna figure it out. I don't know logistically <laughs> how it's gonna work. You know, Southwest Airlines, I don't think yeah, that's a lot of problems with flying, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I need to see touches from Taysom Hill and hopefully we come back next week, new year, new Saints and Talk about how we're headed to the playoffs, potentially. All right. Well, let's do it. Last podcast of the year. We can use that uh, that joke here. Last podcast of the year, and hopefully we'll be back um, next week talking about a Saints win. It's been fun, Mason, and uh, you know we're, we're winding down this year, but had a blast doing it, and hopefully we have a little bit more life to talk about, and next week isn't just talking about the future of the Saints team, and it's still talking about this one. Yeah, well, look, from Dawson Iserlow, this is Mason Nunez. It's been a good episode. It's been a good year. We'll see you all next year. All right.